All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Please come inside. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, anyway. Um, enough of that terrible intro. God forgive me, I'm air frying some fish sticks in the background, so if you hear a beep suddenly go off, that's my fish sticks. Better not touch them. I love fish sticks, I can't help it. I'm a very basic bitch. Some say I'm vanilla. I agree. I'm vanilla as shit. Proud of it. Vanilla pride. Wait, is that like saying white pride? I'm proud of being white. I may be Mexican, but I'm also proud of being white. I think it's cool. I think being white's tight. Being white is tight. All right, anyway. Totally down with being Mexican. Totally down with being white. I think they're both cool. I'm not going to feel guilty about either. Okay, so we're going to look up pot stocks in Google News. And look... I want to kind of go over the different um, aspects of all this. We all know pot stocks have been kind of on shaky ground, at least in my opinion. I mean, it, all the plays that people are trying to get into are the Canadian cannabis sector plays. And I've been betting against, like, uh, Sundial has been my favorite one to bet against, but I've also been buying uh, shares of the company, so that way... Um, that way, if everybody decides to pump it up, I will uh, at least profit from a pump by selling off the shares that I bought at really low prices. And so I'm able to play both sides effectively without any without any issues. So it's really fun. I think Sundial Growers has potential as far as one of the pot stocks, but I think it's one of the lower lower totem pole. I don't think it's worth what it's worth. It dilutes the shareholders too much and they might have to do a reverse split. And I'm thinking they probably will. It would not shock me in any way if they did a reverse split. Um, so I can see that on the on the real horizon here. Um, but I do want to do a window capture here of Microsoft Edge. I like to use Edge whenever I'm looking at news. I don't know why. I like to separate my browsers for like my news browser is definitely Edge. Uh, Chrome is for productivity, so if I need to do productivity stuff, it's all in Chrome. This is a helpful hint. This may this helps me out. It may not help you guys out, but I do like to do news research stuff in Edge. Uh, productivity and straight up production in Chrome when it comes to uh, producing stuff on my various uh, social mediums and in all the different uh, services I use on on stuff. So this is gonna be fun, though. I like. Um, I like educating you guys. I like helping people out and letting people learn what I know because I feel like I've got a plethora of knowledge and experience I've already accumulated, and I think giving it away for free is the most ethical thing I could ever do, and I enjoy giving uh, information away for free. <clears throat> so let me pull up... Yeah, let me pull up uh, the good stuff, the news articles real quick. Here we go. Making sure the video quality doesn't suck here. It's good. All right, so what we're doing is we're just looking at all the different uh, articles I can find on the different plot stocks out there. As you all know, I'm always looking to educate you, teach you, and see if see what the good news and the bad news is. So let's go over the different... Uh, I like to try to focus on the good news, but we also do have to realize that not every single piece of good news is meant to help you make money. It's sometimes meant to help you pump up a stock. Keep that in mind. 
All right, so we got legal weed, cannabis dispensaries, marijuana stocks, and how it all works. Businesses that sell weed on the street, cannabis stocks. What are you talking about? Let's see, two market-crushing stocks that analysts think can still soar higher. Well, let's see what this one's about. I do I like the Motley Fool ones because usually they could be hit or miss. I think a lot of them are designed to to pump up stocks, you know, because I think a lot of people read these Motley Fool full articles and they think well man i gotta i don't want to miss out on anything it's the fear of missing out effect the the fomo effect and people get so afraid of missing out that there's like i gotta be a part of this like asap and um that makes sense i mean i get why people don't want to miss out on the possibility of a great company to invest in but you must realize that a lot of these articles are designed to keep you wanting uh to keep you pumping them up with other people pumping them up so you could eventually if you're in very last, become the bag holder once everybody sells off. So keep that in mind. A lot of these articles are meant to be pump and dumps to help pump and dump a stock. I know pump and dumps are technically illegal, but the SEC doesn't really actually do anything about it because the SEC is fucking lazy and terrible. And so I don't have I have zero faith in the SEC. Um, anyway, that's my rant on the SEC. Uh, let's take a look here. All right, so Tilray may have some explosive growth on the horizon while its CEO is projecting a massive increase in revenue over the next few years. I'm reading this, by the way, I'm reading this from fool.com, their investing section. This is an article by David J. Gilski, posted on September 8th, 2021. Let's see, Alphabet is coming off an incredible quarter during which sales soared by more than 60%. And there are still growth opportunities for the businesses. If some analysts are right, these stocks could rise by another 20% or more within the next year or two. Hmm, interesting. Huh. Man, this is wild, man. I'm just like kind of looking at this. Well, my thing is with Tilray, I, this is, it feels like a pump and dump article. It really does. It feels like you're trying to pump up Tilray by also associating it with Alphabet, which are, do Google and Tilray are two different companies. One's a tech company that actually does well, and one's a pot company that's very questionable. Uh, but let's, let's read the part with Tilray at least. Um, although shares of Tilray have been falling in recent months, the stock is still up by more than 64% since the start of 2021. That's well above the S&P 500 gains of just 21%. The lack of, a lack of progress on marijuana reform in the U.S. has led to less excitement in the sector, especially with growth stocks as a whole cooling off. But an analyst remain optimistic that Tilray can still be a great buy. At its current price, multiple brokerages have set price targets at $19, indicating that they believe the stock could climb to those levels within the next year or two. The price would represent an upside of about 40% from the $13.59 price at which Tilray stock closed last week. There's excitement surrounding the strength of Tilray's business since combining with low-cost producer Afria uh, this year, Afria. Uh, and there's uh, certainly no lack of bullishness from CEO Irwin Simon, who believes the combined entity can hit $4 billion in annual revenue 
by 2024, a target I think may be a bit too optimistic. For the three-month period ending May 31st, uh, the company reported net revenue of just $142 million, although that was a year-over-year increase of 25%, it only equates to an annual run rate of around $570 million today. If the company proves that it is making progress to hit Simon's ambitious numbers, that could certainly lead to some price target upgrades. In fact, any type of forward progress on marijuana reform in the U.S. could do that. And as entering that market is critical for the Canadian-based producer to reach its goals, Tilray has already set a plan in motion for the U.S. market acquiring convertible notes in multi-state operator MedMen which it could convert to own 21% of the business. Once lawmakers lift the federal ban on marijuana, and once that happens, Simon doesn't rule out Tilray taking an even bigger stake in MedMen. Uh, Tilray is among the most promising pot stocks in Canada that you can buy right now, and with some exciting growth opportunities ahead, it wouldn't be surprising for its shares to continue rising over the next few years. So my take on this, I'm going to give my quick take, I know some things about Tilray, and um, I feel like a lot of these articles that we see here um, are basically propping it up, overhyping it, you know, like really. And when I say hyping it, I mean like in a bad way, like making it to where it's like. Because overhyping a stock doesn't do any good for it. You know what I mean? Like I think a lot of the time when people overhype these different companies, uh, we're really. Power off. My uh, speaker. Sometimes it. Anyway. Um, so the thing is, what I will say here's my problem with all this. And Tilray is. I just don't see it as a good company. I just really don't. I don't see the potential that everybody else sees. It's just not a. I don't see it in the wheelhouse. So. Uh, my my dealio is yes. Is it acquiring things? Yes. I think Tilray may have a lot of potential considering it combined with another pot stock company. But are is the philosophy is are these potentially two failing pot stock companies that just simply happen to combine and that actually could be causing most of the problems? We don't really know. Don't really have a lot of info on it, but that's okay. Let's uh, I, I, I can be a little bullish on Tilray. I'm kind of neutral on it. Like a lot of pot stocks, I'm either kind of neutral or I'm kind of really, um, really bearish on a lot of them. It all a lot of it just require a lot of it rides on the potential of legalization. And there's a lot of failing pot stock companies out there that get all this hype because they want uh, all these news articles. The people who write these news articles want to get a whole bunch of naive investors to come in and start throwing their money at it and start buying and holding while the people who have positions currently, the people who write the news articles, then sell off, which is really smart. It's actually a smart way to pump and dump. Don't know how legal it is, but uh, they do. I will admit that if you really want to pump and dump and you want to do it, um, uh, there's no ethical pump and dumps. But if you want to do it legally, um, the best legal pump and dump you could do is just pump and dump crypto. If you have a reputation or you have influence, just basically find the shittiest crypto you can find that has a low market cap 
and tell everybody to start buying it. But first, before you tell everybody to start buying it, make sure you hold quite a bit of it. Then use your influence to really pump it up. Just the same way that Elon Musk used his influence to pump up a shitty cryptocurrency like Dogecoin. Anyway, I've made my point. The, so what... <laughs> This is really fun. I, I'm sorry. I just really enjoy myself. I, I'm having a great time with this. I actually like the title of this, too, because it implies that there's secret news to all this when this is really there's no secret news at all. And uh, it's really kind of all out in the open. It's really fun, though. <sighs> but I want to thank you guys for being so patient with me here. So I'm going to try. Oh, pop my neck. I've been having like the worst kind of neck issues. It's been a little frustrating. Um, playing a little too much basketball. That's what I get. Um, so as we continue on, let's, let's move on here. All right. Not my day. Let's look at some other ones. Um, okay. Why it's time to get serious about U.S. pot stocks. Okay, I'll take it. I'll tell you what, I, I'm not I'm not feeling that one. I want to see the three cannabis stocks to avoid now and see if I agree with this. Because we kind of looked at one that kind of was pro one of the pot stocks, Tilray. Let's look at this other Motley Fool one. So Fool.com, this is an article that was published on August 20. It's called Three Cannabis Stocks to Avoid Now is the title. Um, the published date was August 28, 2021. And the author of the article is... Rich Dupre, uh, Eric Volkman, and Alex Karchidi. Can't really say it right, but anyway, sorry if I butchered any of the names. Let's move on. Investors shouldn't have to settle for losses when profitable company with when profitable companies abound. Some pot stocks are being swamped by rising costs. Consistency and efficiency are two primary concerns at Aurora Cannabis. If the government could just get out of the way of marijuana, it could realize its full potential as a massive growth opportunity. Unfortunately, a tax and regulatory morass uh, on the state level, coupled with its continuing classification as an illegal substance federally, has put roadblocks in front of otherwise good pot stocks. Other cannabis stocks, however, seem to go out of their way to sabotage themselves and other and their investors. Canopy Growth, Charlotte's Web Holdings, and Roar Cannabis. Now, that's so funny because I'm a big fan of Canopy Growth. I don't know how, if I'm going to agree with this because I do think they're, they've been okay as a, as a company, but I do admit they're, uh, <laughs> they're an interesting one. Aurora Cannabis used to be the darling, but now it's kind of been the, ugh, should be avoided uh, because of self-inflicted wounds that hold them back. Oh, Canada. Eric Volkman, uh, Canopy Growth. I feel that canopy growth is not only a stock to avoid now, but likely one to keep away from well into the future. Since the 2018 entry of a strategic and deep pocketed partner liquor company Constellation Brands, canopy growth has been seen as one of the sector's incubants. Incubants. Yeah. But uh, prominence and a dedicated investor do not necessarily. Do not necessarily. A good stock make. Ah. Canopy growth is a poster child for the typically loss-making marijuana industry with consistent annual bottom line uh, deficits that have deepened worrying, worryingly of late. 
a total of 1.74 billion Canadian dollars, which is 1.37 billion American dollars, was the was the damage in full 2020, which spooked even the hardy investors who endured the 2019 loss of over $1.3 billion, just $1 billion American, as well as do Canadian dollars, whatever, which in turn was nearly double the Canadian dollar, $736 million, a shortfall of 2018. Canopy Growth spends a lot of money on asset buys, attempting to broaden its product range, widen its network, and take some market share. Uh, a clutch of acquisitions, the latest one being quality Canadian producer Supreme, have certainly bulked it up and kept it relevant in its home market. Despite this, it still managed to post sequential revenue declines. In its last two reported quarters, many were impressed by the fact that Canopy Growth posted a rare, seemingly quite substantial net profit of 390 million Canadian dollars in the most recent of the those two periods, the first quarter of fiscal 2022. However, digging into the earnings literature, uh, we see that this is due that this was due to what the company says was other income totaling 581 million dollars uh, during quarter one 2022, primarily uh, attributable uh, to non-cash to non-cash fair value changes of 601 million Canadian dollars. Fair value changes are essentially accounting adjustments based on how a company values its inventory and the cost of selling it. This is a feature of the Internet of the International Financial Reporting Standards, IFRS, more than a few Canadian marijuana companies use. And these estimates aren't necessarily considered pinpoint accurate. So that nine digit profit might not be all it's cracked up to be, to put it tactfully. Finally, Canadian pot companies as a group have fallen out of investor favor next to their American counterparts. This is reasonable. The U.S. market is far larger. It isn't maturing like it isn't maturing like Canada, which flipped the switch on the first crucial stage of recreational marijuana legalization nationwide in 2018. And for the foreseeable future, it's closed to direct Canadian exports. The drug is still technically illegal at the federal level. After all, the companies that will get the real jump in the U.S. market most likely will be U.S. operators. All right, this this CBD stock, uh, this one's uh, about Charlotte's Web Holdings. Uh, this CBD stock isn't what it used to be. Sometimes it's best to avoid a company that isn't uh, getting much from its leadership position in the market. Uh, on that note, Charlotte's Web makes a smattering of wellness products for humans and pets. Um, oh, sorry. All of which, um, all of which contain uh, CBD, a chemical derived from cannabis, whereas typical cannabis goods might be inebriating, uh, CBD isn't, and proponents uh, claim that it has beneficial effects like reducing anxiety. So the market for CBD isn't the same as the burgeoning markets for medical and recreational cannabis, though there is a uh, there is probability some there is probably some overlap.
Per the company's latest earning report, second quarter revenue only grew by 11.4% year over year to reach $24.2 million, which is far too low for a relatively small business that investors might look to for robust growth. And quarterly revenue seems to have stagnated after 2019 when it brought in $25 million in the second quarter. On top of its slowing demand, profitability has remained at a reach for the last two years. That was doubted, doubt, sorry, that was doubted, doubtlessly caused by sharp rises in Charlotte Webb's cost of goods sold, COGS, and its selling general and administrative uh, expenses since 2018. S- SGNA. At least some of the increased SGNA uh, expenditures stem from growing its marketing channels and spending to maintain and expand its leading market share in several distribution segments. In 2020, Charlotte's Web was the largest CBD pure play competitor in e commerce. Food stores, drug stores, natural specialty retail, and mass retail. Still, being the top dog in these segments of the CBD market hasn't led to significant revenue growth or significant returns for investors over the last few years. So investors should steer clear of this stock until management demonstrates that the company's leading market share is actually beneficial to shareholders. All right, and this will be the last one we'll talk about. It's Aurora Cannabis. Quality control concerns. Although Aurora Cannabis remains one of the most widely held stocks on the Robinhood platform, it's currently 14th, and it it doesn't warrant the loyalty investors have showered on the business. Sales last quarter tumbled 21% from the year-ago period, but the consumer segment plunged by half. Although the Canadian government is more zealous in ordering widespread lockdowns beyond what we see in the U.S. in, in a bid to fight, COVID-19, Aurora exacerbated the situation by going on an acquisition spree in which it overpaid for production and distribution uh, capabilities. It has since written down large chunks of of those costs. In many instances, that was because it hasn't been able to achieve the kind of premium, high-quality flower its growth strategy requires, particularly at Sky which was going to be its flagship greenhouse. Today, Sky operates at just 25% of its capacity, and it continues to work through the issues there. Equally disturbing has been Aurora's willingness to to dilute its existing shareholders to continuously raise cash. In May, it announced a new plan to sell up to $300 million worth of stock in... Sorry, my nose is itching like crazy. Anyway worth of stock in an at-the-market offering, and though such sales have enabled the pot stock to pay off one of its credit facilities, it still has some $300 million in long-term debt. To its, to its credit, it, it has $525 million in cash. So while it ought to be positioned for growth, its internal misfirings keep dragging it down. The stock is down 20% year-to-date, but it has lost almost two-thirds of its value from the, from the highs it hit earlier this year. There may very well be a time Aurora is a buy, but that time is not now. An investor should avoid the stock. It needs to prove it can continue... 
It needs to prove it can consistently get the short, the sort of high-quality production from all of its facilities so that its goal of being a premium producer can be realized. All right, that's about it. So I guess we could read some other articles. Let's see if there's anything else out here. Double checking real quick. Come on. All right, three offbeat cannabis stocks. Investors should consider this is another uh, Motley Fool article. Let's see. Uh, Mary Med, and it's an over the counter one. Of It's MRMD, and then there's VFF, Village Farms International. It's on the NASDAQ, it looks like. And Grow Generation. Well,. I'm not going to read through the article. I just like to see what they suggest. Um, And sometimes it is a good idea to go with the offbeat ones. I mean, why not? You know, sometimes uh, is, I don't know. It's tough. It's interesting. So I'm going to stop right there. I I don't want to make this any further, go go on any further than it has to, but this is fun. I always love reading these news articles. So I hope you guys got a lot out of this. Um, I don't know what your takeaway was. Um, do you want to get in the cannabis industry? Do you want to actually start investing, or do you think it's? Uh, do you think they're just going to keep diluting the shareholders? I personally think um, a lot of these pot stocks. Um, I think that they're just out for getting quick money, and I think the reason they went public is to fuck the shareholder because they don't give a shit about you, the shareholder. I mean, there's a lot of these companies that have proven that time and time again. And a lot of these companies are severely mismanaged. I've never seen so many companies in one single sector be so bloody mismanaged. So there's, I do have some problems with the pot industry. Um, but there are some companies out there that I think are decent. Not a lot of them, sadly. I wish there were more. But, um, you know, eventually we're going to see some more improvements, uh, hopefully. And um, crossing my fingers that... Uh, Cannabis will become legal because I mean the holdings that I have of Sundial. I think Sundial have, has potential through legalization in in the U.S. Potential, potential. That's all it has. Um, but I do bet against it primarily, and that's what I do with the pot stocks. Is I primarily bet against them, but I also, um, as they continue to lower in price, um, and my put contracts get more money, I buy more shares at really low cost. So that way. Just in case I'm wrong, maybe the U.S. will legalize it, and then all of a sudden I got tons and tons of money. I got tons and tons of returns from, like, Sundial Growers as an example. So it'll be fun to see. Um, You know, a lot of these pot stocks, they do dilute their shareholders, and they really fuck their shareholders. So I do have an, a, a bit of an ethical problem with a lot of these companies, and um, I'm really hoping they get their act together and, and start behaving properly. It's It's a little bit of a shame, so... Anyway, thank you guys for taking the time to view this video. Uh, Once again, just have sex with the like button, have sex with the dislike button, have sex with the subscribe button if you can. And uh, and also uh, check us out on anchor.fm slash Michael Garza. Once again, it's anchor.fm slash Michael Garza. Thank you guys for the time. Stay safe, stay safe.